Narrative is everywhere, a major genre of verbal art, occurring all the way from primary oral cultures into high literacy and electronic information processing. In a sense, narrative is paramount among all verbal art forms because of the way it underlies so many other art forms, often even the most abstract. Walter J. Ong, Orality and Literacy. Hello, and welcome to StoryCraft, brought to you by the Pioneer Library System. I'm Zach. And I'm Amanda. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope to encourage you to create your stories. So, Amanda, uh, today we're going to be talking about oral storytelling. And I got this quote from uh, this book. I guess that's a book. It might be an article. uh, Walter J. Ong, Orality and Literacy, where he talks about narrative. And what struck me about it, I included the first sentence for context, but the idea that narrative is, quote unquote, paramount among all verbal art forms because it's the foundation of of other art forms, of of even abstract ones. My my question to you is, do you agree or is Walter J. Ong just whistling Dixie here? No, I think that's that's really insightful, right? Mm. I think that. I think that everything is a story. Interesting. I I don't disagree. You know, we did the episode on uh, photography and how photography can tell a story. Mm-hmm. And we've definitely talked in the past about like other art forms that, that tell a story. Yeah. So I, it, it's interesting to me to think about like the first attempts at story and how like story seems to be like a uniquely human endeavor, right? Like. I don't know. Do you think like dogs tell each other stories? I don't know. I don't think so. I gosh, I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an interesting question, right? Because obviously right. They com- they com- there's communication there. There's just, but is there a narrative, right? right. Is there, no. I went to this place, this thing happened, yada, yada, yada. Right, right. I don't know. Right. But it's a, it is a, it is a very, I think a very strong and important aspect of the human experience. Right. For generations, you know, we gather around, we tell stories. It's how we teach lessons. It's how we inspire and lead. And yeah. 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 I I agree. Whether, I th- whether dogs <laughs> do it or not, I don't know. But it's hard it's definitely to s- an important part of our human existence. Well, and I think what you said, the idea about like we teach lessons, we inspire like that's all. uh <sighs> It's it's a transmission of something that's not just here's what happened or here are the events that took place. Uh, it's more of like a transmission of a of a feeling or an imperative or or something like when you tell a story like it has a theme and that theme usually makes people think or makes or it connects or makes people think about the story in a new way. Um I always go back to like, uh, have you seen Winter Soldier, the second Captain America movie? No. <laughs> Dang. Okay. I know. Uh, I'll, I'll I've got to watch the superhero. You got to watch these. I know. I'm. I'm sorry. You're so disappointed in me. I'm not. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's the opposite. It's like I'm not angry. I am disappointed. Like that's how <laughs> it works. Um, no, I agree. Uh, it's. I'm, I'm. What's a? Did you see Dune? Dune just came out. No. You take that money right out of Dennis Villa News mouth. You're like, no, I'm going to watch this at home, Dennis, whatever his name is. Um, no, did you? Is it good? It's pretty good. Yeah. I 
I have no experience with Dune. Like I didn't read the books or comics or anything. And I, I saw it and I was like, it's pretty good. So are you uh, going to read the books now? I, I did. I put a hold on a Dune one. I don't know if it's like Dune one and Dune two, but I put a hold on the audiobook in Libby an app that's available through your local library. Indeed. And it's uh, in 16 short weeks, I'll be listening to that audiobook. Yeah, after everyone weeks. else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, apparently, everybody else was already up on it. They're like, hey, no, we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I really enjoyed it. Timothy Chalamet is incredible. Uh, kind of everybody is like really good in it, which you don't get a lot of. But yeah, it was really good. I recommend it. Um, okay, well, how about this? What is a, a story you've interacted with in your life that that we might be able to discuss? Oh, you know, when the pandemic first first happened, mm-hmm. we uh, we watched um, da, 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 Downton Abbey. That was something oh. everybody watched, and yep. I never I never was a part of that story. Okay, but you came back to it for the pandemic, right? Yeah, I was like, ooh, that's the yes. thing that everyone knows that I need to know about, mm. and I loved it. Yeah, Did you, are you familiar with that? Uh, I'm familiar with it. Yes, like. Oh. You didn't watch it. I thought you were going to say Tiger King. And I was so excited. I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about Tiger King. And you're like, down Abbey. And I was like, what? No. Uh, no. Uh, but I am no, familiar I'm with sorry. it. Okay. I've seen uh, Down Abbey is kind of like when I was on Tumblr a lot and everybody was doing Doctor Who stuff. And I was like, I've never watched Doctor Who, but I feel like I could tell you a lot about Doctor Who. Like, that's how I feel about Down Abbey. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm a huge human. I know. You're huge. You're a huge Huvian. Huvian? Huvian. Okay. And Doctor Who has a great line. I, I've told you this before. He mm-hmm. says, in the end, we're all stories. Yes. See, it comes back around. And yeah. so this is, so the Downton Abbey thing, I was like, one of the themes of Downton Abbey is, uh, is class, right? Like just the difference between classes and struggles and how that, I, I assume, affects the way that you exist in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really not something you get with um, just communication. It's definitely related to storytelling, right? The narrative, the idea of narrative. So uh, trying to make sense of life as it as it is. A hundred percent, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think about that a lot. Like the the most common way I find myself doing oral storytelling is through Dungeons and Dragons. You know, we have. D&D programs here at the library, but I also play Dungeons and Dragons with friends of mine and often through a medium like this, uh, Mm -hmm. gentle listener today, we are recording remotely from one another for the first time ever. And it's, uh, it's been an experience. It's very fun. Um, but again, like, so a lot of this relies on simply creating a world and transmitting that world, that experience to other people. What what is your like common experience with oral storytelling? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I tell a lot of stories because I have a crazy life. Mm-hmm. So um, I like to retell re- retell what's happened on our crazy farm. Mm-hmm. So like those sorts of things. But um, I don't know. I. Yeah, I don't really think I have anything to say there. <laughs> Well, let me do it this. So one of the things that that I was reading about is that idea that narrative in terms of storytelling is really important because it takes uh, a great deal of experience, a great deal of quote unquote lore. So, you know, the events, the characters, the setting, the the whatever of of these things that happen on the farm. 
and they can be pretty lengthy, pretty substantial, these stories, and put them in a way that is, uh, the quote was reasonably durable, which I think is fascinating. And, and I'll give you an example. So there's a story that I was told one time when I was a kid, and it was my dad reading an old diary of my grandpa's, and uh, basically my grandpa was like trying to woo this neighbor girl from a different farm, and some other guy didn't like him doing that. And my great grandpa said, well, have him come around and, and Harry will sort him out. And Harry was my grandpa. And I don't remember much else than that, but that's like, that's a full story, right? You have like a love triangle. You've got a big climactic fight scene at the end. You've got struggle. You've got uh, probably something to do with like class differences. I don't know, but that's a thing that happened 80 years ago, 60 years ago. I don't know. Certainly before my dad was alive. Um, and yet that's a story that I, I know despite having only heard it once. And it's like, it's because I, I don't know. I, I find that really fascinating. Right. Yeah. Yes, for sure. So my, I have my favorite, one of my favorite things to do with my father is go every year on, on Memorial weekend, we go and we decorate the graves of, his family members and it's just a day of storytelling wow. we drive around and he tells about how and it's it's a lot of the same stories but mm -hmm. i can never get enough of them and you know it's about how he failed his first driving test here because you know he ran the stop sign because he couldn't see it here and it's those sorts of things about like oh over here is where uh you know my dad got in a fight with this kid over something and um yeah you know you you get the whole family history and um you hear about when he was born and his dad brought his sisters over to see him and yeah it's, it's pretty cool i mm -hmm. i like to hear all of those tales and 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 these yeah, are probably things that like that. you can probably relate these to your own uh spawn I guess. Is that what you call them these days? Spawn? <laughs> yeah. <I refer. laughs> Offspring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure that they could probably like after hearing them also pass those on. I just, yeah. that's the kind of thing that to me is so, it's very fascinating. This idea of like, well, there's something inherent about being a person that makes us connect to the, cr the craft of storytelling. One of the things I was reading about was like, what are the characteristics of good oral storytelling? And I want to know what your take on this is. So here's here's four that I found. And you can tell me if you think these are A, important, B, unimportant, C, kind of important, but not as important as one might think. So first one, voice changes. Is voice changing a characteristic of good oral storytelling? I, I think voice changes are very important. Like I like to read books out loud a lot. Mm. It's one of my very favorite things to do. Um, and yes, I think voice changes is what makes it exciting. What do you, you, so you say you, it makes it exciting. Is it because it like, I guess my theory is kind of like, it sort of makes the listener forget that you're just you talking to them. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not really a voice changing kind of guy. I'm not good oh, at you're it. Not? Well, oh. 
I, I don't feel like I am, but I often find myself doing it like just and it, it's almost it's not just because of that, but I think it also helps like the storyteller give some distance for themselves. Right. Oh, yeah. It allows you. Yeah, you can act it out a little bit. Right. And it, it makes it a little less not like, you. yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm not connected to this. This is a thing. And I'm telling a story oh, now. Story. And even now I'm doing this stupid voice because it, you know, <laughs> OK, yeah. so voice changes. Very important. Um, Very important. That's not to say, gentle listener, like you have to really put on like a a clinic here. I mean, I think it could be as simple as, you know, talking okay. outside of your mouth. Or, yes. Okay. So I think that I, I'm going to take this mm-hmm. on a tangent. I think reading aloud. Yes. Reading aloud mm-hmm. is vital to families to communities to children i think it's so important and i think a lot of people are scared to do that um because well it's hard your brain gets ahead of your mouth and it's not easy for everyone and it's intimidating because we all remember having to read in front of this class Mm -hmm. and it's um you know it's embarrassing because they feel like they have to act it out and, all, you know, make it a big deal. It's not. It's, it is important to do that. <laughs> I think I think that, mm-hmm. you know, good storytelling, but to read to your kids or to read to your significant other, like that's a thing you should do. You should just, everyone loves to hear the voice of the person they love. So, you know, don't, don't feel like you have to do voices or not do it at all. So mm-hmm. if you're just going to read you're in your regular old voice and read really monotonous, then still just read aloud. That's my side note. It's That's really, really important note. to read books aloud to your family. Even if you don't do voice changes. Can I ask you, <laughs> this is sort of a personal question, so I'm not, I'll, if it's too personal, I'll cut it. But um, the first half of the first question is, did, did you read, like like the Harry Potters to your family aloud, ever? It every word. Yeah. Do you do a British accent when you like do the characters? Yeah, I did all the different voices for all the characters. So that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if you were just like, I'm I'm Hermione, or if you did like, a, <laughs> I'm Hermione. You know what I mean? Like if you just like you just change the voice a little, or if you go full on British. I think it's fascinating. I okay. I I don't. Yes, I I am told that I do it pretty mm-hmm. large. Good. It it makes them laugh, but I don't like I yes. It's magic. It should <laughs> it should be large. But I like to act, so yeah. that's part of it. Part of the fun for you. That's the fun for me. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, second characteristic, important, not important, or kind of important, but not as important as you would think, pacing. <laughs> For oral storytelling, do you have a, a opinion on whether or not pacing is important for a story? Well, I so what do you mean by pacing? I think changes in pacing is really ah okay. I think you know sometimes you speed it up and sometimes you slow it down, and I think paying attention to what you're saying and appropriate pacing. Yeah, I think that's, that's good, and I I would almost combine this with this third point that we have, which is uh a solid memory of the story's beats, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking of now like, oh, well, I just really quickly told the story of my grandpa, you know, getting in a scrap with some guy on another farm. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of blew through that. 
But when I was telling it, it's like I tried to keep that sentence. It's hard to explain, but like the pacing of that sentence, similar to what the pacing of the original story as it was told to me, which was much longer and had like way more to it, like like almost a ratio aspect of it. Yeah. I feel like I would do that if I were like, hey, can you summarize Harry Potter for me? I feel like I would still try and keep the pacing of that summary the same as the pacing of the book. Okay. I don't know. I think that that part's important. Maybe is that what were you going to get at before I interrupted you with my spiel? Yeah. No, I, I I hear what you're saying. I I was just thinking like the, the pacing of the actual like speaking, mm. you know, again, kind of going with the monotony dredging on, you know. It's a, right. Keeping it just you know? the same. It was on a night just yeah. like this. Well, and, and kind of going back to our what we talked about in our episode about, you know, descriptive language and kind of going on and on and on about something and like mm-hmm. sometimes we need to okay move along and let's like, get to the action let's, or let's keep it going yeah, yeah. so okay sometimes, sometimes well, you speed it up <laughs> speaking of speeding it up uh the fourth one <laughs> vamping slash ad-libbing this one i i personally feel is very important um i think we've talked about this before but i used to be a when i was in college i made money on weekends by being like a wedding dj and so there was a lot of like vamping slash ad living while like waiting for things to happen or people to move around or dances to occur or, or just talking to folks. Mm-hmm. And I always find like the energy of like you have an audience, they're in the room with you like that, that keeps it going. Right. And I, I imagine if you're telling a story like around a campfire, if you're Homer or uh, I almost said Socrates, but that's like a whole <laughs> different person. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that would be the same thing, right? You would like add these little embellishments. And then it seems like over time, sometimes those become the things that people remember the most about those stories. Yeah. So read the room kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. 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 I imagine. Do you think that's something everyone can do? In, a, in an anyone can cook way, I think it's so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it just takes practice. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to give our listeners a few more library materials that they could seek out for more information. Um, A really good one that I found was called The Oral History Workshop by Cynthia Hart, and that was available through Hoopla as an ebook. So was Mules and Men by Zora Neale Hurston. That's also available as an ebook, and that's a collection of oral stories. And finally, um, When Dream Bear Sings, Native Literatures of the Southern Plains. That's also available through your local Pioneer Library branch. Well, thanks so much for bringing this to us. This was, this was some good thoughts and some good points. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I hope that it gives our listeners something to think about when they're thinking about storytelling in the future. Uh, listeners, if you have something to, to add or want us to discuss in the future, that might make a uh, short story podcast episode uh, you can email us at podcast at pioneerlibrarysystem.org with the subject line storycraft and we look forward to hearing from you all thank you so much bye <laughs>